0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: So we started our Wrestle Dreaming with a story. I flub love, love it. Also, hello, my friends. Welcome to Ups and Downs. We have to be super quick today because it may have been a Wrestle Dream, but it was a damn long show, which I suppose it needed to be because if you're going to sleep and dream, you need a good eight hours. What? Let's up those downs. But look, it was The Righteous versus MGF. And Before we even got into it, Maxwell was like, Oh, hi. everybody is saying I attacked Jay White on dynamite just because some idiot was wearing my devil's mask. But it wasn't me. Somebody stole it. So we're going to have to do some investigating. He also then said that Dutch and Vincent were dickheads <laughs> when well, it was time to get some business done. We also kept this totally 1980s because MGF had promised us that he was going to do a slam. But when he tried to do this, he went all WWF no mercy. He wasn't able to because it hurt his back. And look, we can argue that the world champion should be in world title matches, but given how Wrestle Dream ended, and given the fact that we have about 72 million hours of wrestling TV every single week, why can't we just try something a little bit different here and there? Exactly. Though no he's dead, it doesn't make a difference to anything. I say do it. We also use The Righteous to turn MJF into a superhero because my word, I mean, obviously he was taking on two guys and they beat on him and they beat on him and they beat on him and they gave him all of their moves and he just kept kicking out. So again, if you want to make the world champion feel like a big deal, mission success. The best part, though, is that he is still a scumbag. I mean, he's our scumbag. He's told us that a thousand times. So as soon as the referee wasn't looking, he just grabbed Vincent's, well, balls, testicles, penis. You can call it whatever you want. As soon as the ref did turn around too, he took Vince's head and essentially put it into Dutch's ass. Which is what he said he was going to do. When he hit the kangaroo kick, he hit the heat seeker and not only did he get the three, but he put his feet on the ropes. (laughs) This man is the best. So he is definitely one of the top guys in wrestling right now and he's only going to get better. I just thought this was the best way to start things, put you in the right mood giving it up. As did Eddie Kingston versus Shibata. I mean the whole time I was just going how is this happening? I mean one of these guys isn't even meant to be wrestling anymore. Eddie was also defending his New Japan Open and Ring of Honor World titles and that kind of tied into the narrative too because the commentary team were like wow Shibata is applying a lot of submissions here and Eddie keeps using the ropes but if it was a pure rules match because of course Shibata is the pure rules champion he wouldn't be able to do that let's all point the finger at him. If nothing else, I just love the fact that Kingston is getting to fight all of his heroes right now. Sometimes you can look past the grappling and just enjoy the human side. You're a human. I'm a human. Unless Luchasaurus is watching. He's a dinosaur. But he's been through a lot too. I mean, he lost his entire family. I also freaked out when Kingston gave Shabata an exploded suplex. Was like, I thought we were supposed to be protecting Shabata's head here. And of course, at the start, they just chopped each other for a while. And they continued to chop. So you got this noise. And when they were done, well, they went back to chopping. We also got a to kick out at one towards the end of the thing, which I did enjoy, when they traded back fists, which sounds terrible, until Kingston gave him the ultimate back fist and he gave him the bomb of power. One, two, three. It was also warm and fuzzy and tum-tum stuff after this because Eddie Kingston raised Shabata's hand and they played his music. He understands he's a legend and he probably also understands that he just beat this man. I mean, this is like me putting in a match against Batman and I beat the Dark Knight. I would be happy forever. And I like happiness. Well, we proved that both Chris Statlander, Julia Hart and this TBS title are super duper over. Yes. Because it was time for this title match. And let's just go through the nitty gritty. Chris Statlander is just a great champion right now. And this Julia Hart, she has seized her opportunity and she just keeps getting better and better. I mean, you love to see it. It's like we're all part of her journey. Chris also played power to begin with when Julia Hart came back with a hurricane runner. When she decided, actually, Chris, I think you should be on the outside. That's where she put her. It looked like it was going to be a bad move because once again, Chris used her power to basically carry Julia Hart around until she came up with her plan and she just hurled her into Barry Barricade. Now, if you didn't see yesterday, we did put the Barry Barricade funeral live and I can't believe he's gone. I can't even look into the camera. It's also meant that Hart was then able to work over Chris's back when she even applied the abdominal stretch, which is actually going to be the theme for the evening, 1980's wrestling for life. Chris then fought back, with the least devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the blue thunderbomb. Did it work? No. Of course it didn't. It never does. It did lead to this great spot, though, because Julia went to go and spit the mist in her face, but Statlander just smacked it right out of her mouth. I tell you, Hart used it as motivation and she hit that wonderful-looking moonsault that she is beating everybody with. And I bought it. I thought it was going to be the finish, but it was a 1-2-0. She then tried for the heartless, but Statlander was having none of that. So she hit the Sunday Night Fever, and she got the 1-2-3. And I just thought this did the world of good for everybody involved. Now, of course, Chris Statlander will continue to rise. But let's make sure we do not forget about Julia Hart, because she has so much damn potential, and her character rules are- When <laughs> we went nuts... Of course we did. Because it was the Young Bucks versus the Guns versus the Lucha Brothers versus Hook and Orange Cassidy. and I think in the back, they must have all gone, let's just go out there and have a really good time. don't know why they sounded like that. But by Jove, they did. They basically went strike, super kicks, tag move, tag move, tag move. You come at me, I'll reverse it. Whoopsie daisy, ups and downs, let's keep going. This is when Phoenix started to struggle, though. And while I do believe this was planned, I do not think the man is in a very good condition, because if you can believe it, he too got hurt in that damn cursed John Moxley match. So at one point, it was like, nope, my shoulder's gone. The doctors came out, they took him to the back, and we didn't see him again. I really hope he is okay. What the flub is going to happen with that international title? The guns also made sure to whoop him when he was leaving because they're terrible people. And they attacked Penta 2 when Austin and Colton were trying to pin each other to win the match. The ref was like, well, no, you're not allowed to do that. And they were so annoyed. Look, I've been saying it for a while now. These guns totally get it. and They're going to fly. We then had this moment between Hook and Matt Jackson, which I really enjoy because I like, keep giving me the newness, especially because they got involved in a Northern-like suplex battle I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Orange Cassidy then realized he wasn't doing much, so he hit a dive, and I was like, oh, thanks so much for that, Orange. Otherwise, the aliens were going to attack, he definitely didn't have to do that. He's saving the human race, and he ain't even human. He also played with the formula here, because Hook was getting whooped so bad, he had to tag in Penta. You know the deal with the mask, man. He just busted out all of his wonderful moves. But you were like listen you can't win here you buy yourself it was true too because austin kept saving colton and colton kept saving austin so once again the guns were totally smashing it when hook returned and he had the thing one with the red rum when he locked it onto austin when nick jackson decided i know how i'll break this up i'll do a 450. now it's like having a conversation with someone and you're here and they're right there and they say how are you and you get a megaphone and go fine like you know you could just sit it normally but okay penta and nick then came together to do this fear factor slam combo but actually the lucha brother had made a terrible mistake because he was then totally isolated the young bucks hit the bte trigger and they got the one two three so look this makes all the sense in the world it is not two plus two equals potato because it means we can do the young bucks versus ftr round four and this is the position that matt and nick jackson should be in i mean they're pretty flubbing damn good this was just a joy Giving it when we went the opposite direction because not only did we get super violent we gave someone a much-needed win. Now, I was so excited about this, too, because it was Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland. And these two people are so damn smart because they must have known, look, we're in Seattle, Swerve is going to get cheered, so you can go out there and be the babyface, even though you'll be dastardly. And I, the cowboy, will be the heel, even though I'll be the valiant one. And it was just absolutely brilliant. We also went mad as we had tilt-and-whirls, fall-away slams, and the fastest head scissors you've ever seen. And when Hangman kicked up at the end of that, everybody just went, boo. And they weren't saying boo words. Adam must have also been annoyed that later on, his name was going to be sullied even further as another Adam joined the company. Because then they were brawling on the outside, and he threw Strickland into Barry Barricade, and he threw him into Simba the Steel Steps. It's like, what did they ever do to you? He also hit a moonsault to the outside when they got back in the ring. The cowboy was like, oh yeah, I stabbed your head with a pencil. So he started to work over the head. Once again, I was like, we've got a hand attack here. Somebody ring the Cartoon Network. Strickland then came back by hitting this amazing brain buster. And I was like, well, if you are going to bust something, it may as well be the brain. When we got into all the near falls and the one, two ooze because Swerve was hitting the damn house call cool, and he was hitting his stomps. But he just couldn't keep this man down. Paige then went for the dead eye, but instead Strickland threw him into of the Turnbuckle. So the cowboy was like, all right, fine. I'm going to bite your hand, meaning he was biting the wound. And this is when we got into this moment where you need to see the stomp that Swerve gave to Hangman Adam Page. Like, I don't know how they faked this. His arm was in this freaky dicky position. How did it not break? It even brought the doctors out as Prince Nana was dancing around here. This <laughs> is Wes Strickland, just crushed Hangman as he came off the top rope into the ring apron honestly this was so so brutal hangman would not stay down though so he reversed the jml driver into this horrible looking lariat and the buckshot but of course he didn't have any limbs at this point so he wasn't able to make the pin oh and eventually he did drape his hand over prince nana just went no that ain't happening and he put swerve's foot on the ropes but he did this right in front of the ref the ref was like You can't do that, you absolute goober. You gotta leave. This was just the ultimate tease, though, because as the official was distracted, swerved and got Prince Nana's crown, he smacked Adam Page in the head, but the cowboy was still able to kick out when Strickland was like, right, I'm done, it's finished. He hit the JML driver and he got the one, two, three. What a massive victory this was, but also swerved Strickland's face at the end. He was like the cat that got the cream. So it really did feel like something we're gonna look back on and go, holy crap, that was massive. And they are just two great wrestlers that AEW can do anything with. But also, let's get Swerve in that world title picture. Man is such a star. I'm giving it a up.
0: Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number.
2: Slash wrestling.
1: And it was the same for Ricky Starks versus Wheeler Utah, and I will say they had such a hard task following what came before them because the crowd was still into it, but they still gave us a really decent, fine, solid match. John Moxie was on commentary as well, and actually he did this a few times throughout the evening. And he just kept swearing. <laughs> to the point that Scalab was like, Are we gonna have to introduce a swear jar here? And Moxie may as well have gone, yeah, we flubbing our. Obviously, he wouldn't say flubbing. I really enjoyed this. Because he just put everyone over like they were the greatest person ever. Ricky and Yuta also started off by wrestling until Starks just grabbed Wheels and started throwing around the place. And Moxie was like, you leave my Padua alone. But I think Wheeler Ewer must have heard this because he started to come back when Out Walked Big Bill. Of course, Ewer couldn't handle the fact that he was a wrestler in the match. Another wrestler had appeared on the outside, so he totally forgot what he was doing. So Ricky Starks jumped him and beat him up. He also hit this bomb of power, though. That had so much impact to it. When Rick fell to the floor, he also bounced around. And I watched that four times on every occasion. I was like, no, I don't get how they did it. He then started to laugh about the fact that the Blackpool Combat Club liked to use those elbows, which was the worst idea ever, because Wheeler was like, don't you insult what brought me to the dance. So surprise, surprise, he started elbowing him in the face. It also led to some interference from Billy Boy, but actually quite quickly, he got pushed into Read The Ring Post, When essentially he went back to the grappling. And Ricky was like, well, look, our time is done here. Hit the spear. He hit the Rochambeau, and he got the one, two, three. But you can see how this ties in. If Wheeler Yuta wasn't distracted by this giant man, maybe he would have done better. So again, we had to have Ricky Starts get a victory here because he keeps on losing. He too is gonna fly to the top. I just enjoyed this for what it was. Giving it enough. However, I'm not sure anything this year will be as good as Brian Danielson versus Zack Saber Jr. Because what in the flub was this? Now, do not forget either. Expectations for this were super duper high because it was Brian taking on Zach. And not only did they reach them, but my word, I think they may have surpassed it. It certainly helped that Moxie remained on commentary for this and just sold it like we are seeing history in the making here. When they got to the wrestling and they got to the transitions and the counters and the reversals. And on every single one, I was like, well, you two don't make any sense. Who the flub are you? Like two aliens that have come down from a wrestling planet to show us mere mortals how you do this. I mean, one of the switcheroos I had to watch over and over again. And yeah, I don't get how they did it. But at one point, Brian just wanted a hip toss, but Zack Sabre turned that into a cobra twist. And from there, it was just escalation. Plus, they kept doing abdominal stretches too. The <laughs> show was rifled. We also, at some point, went from the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll up, into an arm breaker. And then the arm breaker went into the bell lock. Honestly, I was watching it like this. I was rubbing my eyes. Because once again, I was like, how did you do it? The moves then came and they were just exploding out of every single one of them before Sabre decided, Haha, I'm going to start working your arm. So Danielson was like, well, then I'm going to start working your leg. So once again, it was just like, I don't know, violent chess. Just to give you an idea of it too, Danielson then did the most violent dragon screw that you've ever seen in your life. Like... A dragon screw? What's happening? We then had Kimura's being broken up by headbutts when Brian Danielson went back to that finish that he beat a with, but Zack Sabre Jr. must have been studying his tape because he reversed out of that like he'd covered himself in butter. Like, I don't know what that means. Why is anybody covering themselves in butter? But he just slipped out of it, and it was smoother than my bald head. Zach was then trying to quite literally pull Brian's arm off when they just started to slap each other. And that's when the fans were totally crazy, as did I. Honestly, only these two people could do this. We're blessed to see it. David Jr. then went submission crazy. and Nigel McGuinness, who was amazing throughout the night, was especially good here because he started shouting, Brian, Brian, you absolute coward. You're going to have to tap out. And I think the American Dragon must have heard this or must have filled deep down his tootsie toes. Maybe I have met my match because he just went, well, I'm going to hit you with a running knee, and a running knee, and a running knee. If you think about doing anything else, I'll hit you with a running knee. It basically knocked Zach Sabia Jr. out, and he was able to get the one, two, three. And afterwards, Brian wanted a handshake, but Zach said no. So, surely we have to do a round two. And actually, we kept putting over this idea. Well, Brian Danielson had to win with a strike, and not a submission. So, surely, we do a submission match. Now, seriously, I have not done this justice. Not by a country mile. So, to get the idea across, this doesn't just get an up. It gets a golden up. We are going to be talking about it for years and years to come. When somebody decided that we should have a party, because here came the Don Callis family with the most hilarious video you've ever seen in your life. And they were taking on Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi and Chris Jericho. It's so surreal, I fell on the floor. guest to Will Ospreay and Sammy Guevara also make a wonderful asshole team too, because they will protect each other, but otherwise they will just cheat and cheat and cheat and cheat. We also started with Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega, so you can imagine how everybody reacted to that. But then we also had Jericho and Sammy Guevara going at it when De to was like, you're going to ignore me? are you So he just smashed everybody with lariats and he hits Dikesh the line. Sounds like a train. Ibushi then felt left out, so he joined in, which is when the tag claxon went off. Ha! All of a sudden, they were going through the wrestling movebook, going, have we done page 72? We haven't, well, let's do it. It also allowed our heroes to pay homage to Anoki as they did a bunch of triple dives, so that was just nice, when Osprey and Omega got back into it. I was stuck. This is why the car called Wrestle Dream because we're getting a bunch of dreams. We then got another abdominal stretch, so I was losing my mind, but this time Don Callis was joining in, which is when referee Aubrey Edwards kicked the arm. Honestly, Don solved this like he had been shot. Why was he out of wrestling so long? He is one of the best managers. Kenny was still wounded at this point, though. So Takeshita hit him with the least devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the Blue Thunderbomb. Now, don't forget, this was the second time on the pay-per-view this happened. And did it work part two? No, no, it did not. Sammy and Abushi were there bouncing around when Jericho got the hot tag, which ended in an abdominal stretch. And of course, Kenny and Abushi were helping out because turnaround is fair play. But I was like, is that number 87 when it comes to the stretches of the abdominals? I mean, I'm fine with it, give me more. Ibushi then got his own hot tag and blessed this guy because he continues to push it and push it and push it. And because the Golden Lovers were here, they started to do their traditional manoeuvres. But well, if you've been watching them for years, you would have loved it. They also decided to do moonsaults because why the flub not to Kester once again felt slighted and he hit these German suplexes. Everybody landed right on their damn heads. I guess and Osprey were then about to hit double hidden blades, where Jericho was like, Well, if you're both going to run at me, I'm just going to duck and you can smash into each other. Which is what did happen when Osprey became the ultimate team player, because Jericho was gonna hit Sammy Guevara with the Judas effect, and Will took it for his mate. By this point, too, Sammy had just decided to do 450s and shooting star presses at Spanish flies and whatever else he's got up his arsenal. When Abushi was back. He just started to no-sell everything. Honestly, it was really, really good. Because Osprey was down at this point too, he just started grabbing the referee, which means she totally missed the fact that Jericho had given Guevara a hurricane off the flipping top rope, and he had the one, two, three. But he's a pro's pro, so he was like, fine, I'll apply the walls of Jericho. But because the official still wasn't looking, Carlos was like, all right, fine. And he got a bat. He just smacked Chris right in the head. And the best part about it is Sam was like, all right, because he's a slime ball. He just pinned him as Osprey kept Kenny Omega and Abushi out the ring so the bad guys had done it. They totally won it. So yes, look, I hold my hands up and I will say the finish was just a little bit silly, but who cares? When you have this much fun with the journey, even when it comes to the destination, you end up at somebody else's toilet, whatever that means. I'm never going to get mad at it. This whole card was flipping great. Giving it an out. And then it stupidly continued, because it was FTR versus Aussie Open for the AEW tag team titles. Let's do a quick trivia. Was it really good? Yes, it was. I mean, where do we even begin? Like Carl Fletcher and Mark Davis, despite all their plaudits, are probably still underrated because they never had a bad match. And at this stage, Cass Wheeler and Dax Harwood, as far as I'm concerned, are one of the best teams ever. I mean it. FTR are also going mad with tags to begin with, because they are a tag team and it's almost like that's how it works. When Davis and Fletcher got annoyed and they were like, we can do that too. So they started doing all the tags. It was a tag team match. We also sold the fact that Davis is a monster because he was just lariating people's heads off. I'm like, man, I'm not kill anyone. Which is when Cash kind of got suplexed powerbombed and he was so destroyed, Ozzy Open beat the crap out of him. And even when he tried to tag in Dax, well, he got thrown to the outside. Roll. of course he then got the hot tag and he just totally smashed carl fletcher and he tried to smash mark davis but i like this because we sold it as he was a really big man because he's a really big man so you try and take him down he ain't gonna go down he basically had to shoot him to get him on the floor this is when the rolling german suplexes started because why not i feel like. and after he missed a headbutt my word aussie open hit the aussie arrow instantly for a one one two oh and I didn't totally buy it, but I did start to believe. Dax then carried this on by hitting his slingshot bomb onto Carl Fletcher, which when Aussie Open were like, we're gonna hit you with a powerplex. But obviously that insulted FTR because they do the powerplex. So they came back with a powerplex. Now at this juncture, Mark Davis started selling his wrist. Hope it is okay. But if this was a sell job and he was working more power to that guy i totally thought he'd broken it Challengers carried on regardless and they went for the coriolis but hardwood stopped that so aussie open were like okay well if you're not going to let us do our move we'll do your move instead they actually hit the shadow machine This also meant they opened the door to get the coriolis and my gosh that was another great one two ooh now by this stage i knew that ftr were going to get the victory What a flipping roller coaster! I mean, Dax just broke that up at the last damn second. And he saved Cash Wheeler from getting a spike pile driver. So FTR started dishing out the spike pile drivers when they gave Carl Fletcher a super chat machine. Like they threw him off the top rope and his face went right into the knees. That was a great way to get the one, two, three. FTR are still your champions. We're now going to do the FTR versus the Young Bucks, which gets me excited. Look at my damn head. Up. when we finished by going full on sports entertainment and let us just praise some people because our main event was christian cage versus darby allen for the tnt title in a two out of three falls match and the other day on an interview mjf said christian cage right now is doing the best work of his career and he is totally right and in fact he has hit such levels if you come into my house right now and say oh my gosh Christian is one of the best ever the answer is yes he really is and to this day we do not give him the love he deserves Darby Allin also needs all the praise because he just kills himself which means you have so much sympathy for him But that's the whole point of being a babyface. Now, even I think he went a little bit too far here. But it does work. My tum-tum was crying out for him. It was a little bit weird because they started by wrestling, although Christian Cage had said he was going to do that. But this tied into such a good tease. Because Darby went for the coffin drop, it didn't work. So Christian went for the kill tricks, it didn't work. So Anna was like, all right. He took that turtleneck, he put it over Cage's head, and he hit the most devastating move in all sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. And he pinned him for the first fall. I mean, that was like the first five minutes. Chris's response was to look at Nick Wayne's mum and kind of make googly eyes at her, and I was like, well, he was always going to do it. When he basically started to strangle Darby using the ropes, and if you think that is bad, just you wait. Darby then hit a code red for a pretty good one-two ooh, especially because the first fall did come out of nowhere, which is when Mrs. Wayne did throw a drink right into Cage's face. And I was like, look, I love you, Christian, but you probably deserved it. Then I mean, the Darby hit a coffin drop to the outside, but given that he had gone out there. Oh my gosh, now look, once again, I ain't gonna be able to do this justice. But Christian started to throw him into Alan the announce table and he threw him into the steps and he threw him into the apron. And he gave him this slam onto Simba the still steps, which was so disgustingly brutal, I started wibbling and a wobbling. I mean, there was nothing fake about this. He just flipping did it. So make sure you go and see this to understand that it was a murder and Christian rolled back into the ring, and Darby Allen got counted out. Now, one, that's just the ultimate heel move. But also, two, of course he got counted out. I don't know how he will ever walk again. The doctors were then checking on Darby, because, yes, once again, of course they were. And as he was being stretched out, Cage climbed to the top rope, and he gave him a frog splash. And that, too, looked horrendous. I mean, that must have hurt both of them. By this stage, too, Christian had just walked around the ring and destroyed it. I mean, he'd exposed the wooden boards when they got back in there, the ref just went, hey, Darby, can you go? Darby's like, I can go. This guy went, all right, go on then. I was like, what are you doing? It was so damn good, though, because Christian gave him the kill switch onto the damn exposed wood, but Darby Allen kicked out with a one-two-oo when he started to fight back, and he even hit the coffin drop, and we got another false finish. And by that point, I was totally bought in. What am I doing? Christian then went for the spear, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, when he accidentally took out the referee. I swear he planned for this because instantly he hit Darby in the balls and then by magic poop, he was holding the TNT title. This is when Nick Wayne ran out and was like, no, you ain't doing nothing with that. And he took it away from him could see what was coming here like you could see clearly (laughs) but still it just makes all the sense in the world and I don't even know why because he was like man I'm gonna do this for my family and I'm gonna do it for me when he turned and he smacked Darby Allen right in the head that's right Christian Cage has manipulated him it must have been all part of the plan because Cage then woke up the referee and he got the one two three which means we now have a new faction of Christian Cage Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus I don't know, I needed that in my life. It then got even better too, because Christian kissed Nick on the head, and I was like, oh man, this is going to be great. When, of course, they all started to beat up Nick Wayne, so out came Sting. I was like, Sting, you need to get out of here. Some people think your Derby's dad, and well, look who's in the flabbing ring. Bro, Luchasaurus, and because he's a dinosaur, he ate everyone alive, and the Stinger didn't see that coming. And just as Christian was about to hit the concerto, out went the lights. Honestly, I made so much noise. We then cut to a secret person driving through the streets of Seattle, and this is why it was so damn good. Because if you're into Alter Bridge, like I am, you knew the music playing was another Alter Bridge track. So instantly it was like, oh my gosh, it is him, it's him. But it didn't matter if you didn't know, because if you did know, you knew, and if you didn't, you were about to find out. Because it led to flipping You Think You Know Me. And Metal Lingus played, and honestly, this is one of the greatest pops I have seen in ages. Edge or the Rated R superstar Adam Copeland made his debut at AEW. This is why it's so damn good. Don't you come into my house like oh, AEW WWE. We want all of them. Jake Cargill going to WWE. Excellent. Adam Copeland of all people, Flubbing Edge coming to AEW. It just gets you so damn excited. I mean, look at me. Also, if you're wondering too, the reason why he can be called the Rated R superstar is because the trademark for that lapsed on WWE set in 2020, and nobody thought to renew it. You know what? I say good, I need more of the crossover, it drives me mad. He then pretended he may join up with his best friend when he didn't, and he whacked Nick Wayne with a chair, he took out Lotrasaurus, he was busting out spears, and Christian was like, well I ain't having any of this, he just walked off, man, I'm so damn excited. Christian versus Edge, we'll call him Edge for now, but Adam Copeland, potentially done right? That could be my feud of the year. Don't forget how massive this is too, because Adam Copeland debuted in WWE in 1998. And it also meant that Wrestle Dream, what an appropriate name, ended with Nick Wayne, Sting, and Adam Copeland <laughs> all shaking hands. I was like, man, I tell you, I must have done a bunch of drugs. So he just left me an absolute ball of excitement to the point it doesn't just get enough. It doesn't just get a golden up. It gets the platinum up. I tell you, the best thing about sports entertainment is people debuting like this. I mean, they have so much cachet. And now he can have a bunch of new feuds. Is the best damn ending we have had in ages absolutely loved it and of course wrestle dream overall is going to get it up. and if you do have some money to spare i cannot recommend it highly enough i mean it was long but it was so damn fun now please do like the video share the video and subscribe leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about the pay-per-view click the video on the screen which is ups and downs of a collision you can have an aew journey there go to whatculture.com we'll keep you up to date follow us on social media and now i must rest it's not true Ever. a busy busy day but wrestling never stops so neither do i I'm Emila, wrestling reviewer, superhero extraordinaire. Once again, I've let myself down. Goodbye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party.